Hello and welcome to this Ockley Books podcast. I'm Chris Nee, and we're now in the middle of our series of chats marking the conversion of Daniel Story's portrait of an icon feature into a book. I'm joined by David Hartrick of Ockley Books and by Daniel Story. Hello. Uh, Hello. Dan, why don't you remind us about the origins of the feature uh, and why portrait of an icon and Ockley Books are supporting the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation? Uh, the feature came about through a chat with my editor on football365.com, Sarah Winterburn. Um, we were looking at a weekly feature that we thought could be long running and thought could show off, shall we say, my um, desire to be waffly and navel gazing with my writing. Um, it became a book, uh, and specifically a book for the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation because of um, their work with Bobby while he was still alive uh, to raise money to find ways to treat and beat cancer, uh, innovative ways that he funded a, a drugs trial centre through his fundraising and then after his passing, they've carried on that and have, have the end, towards the end of 2016 passed the £10 million mark. I didn't want to get paid twice for writing these columns so I thought the perfect way to do it with Bobby's portrait in the book was to raise money for the foundation. Uh, it's with great pleasure that we can now say that Portrait of an Icon is now available to buy from ockleybooks.co.uk. Let's get going with, with our third football figure, player this week. Um, it's a player who's right up there with Olaf Melberg, Daniele De Rossi and Paolo Maldini as one of my all-time favourites. Why did you deem David Beckham worthy of inclusion, Dan? The clues in the name, Portrait of an Icon and David Beckham is iconic in the true sense of the word. He wasn't just a a sporting hero, um, an English football hero, but a style icon, uh, a gay icon, a celebrity icon, and a, a sporting icon. He was, I think, the poster boy for the growth of footballers as celebrities, and there are both positive and negative connotations to that. He was also a phenomenal England captain. Um, and, I, yeah, I just think he was perhaps the most iconic footballer in English football history. Certainly not the best, but perhaps the most iconic. Dave, let's put the spotlight on England to begin with. I think that's the certainly from my point of view the biggest story of what Beckham was, was all about. His time with England saw him evolve as a player and as a character, didn't it? And, and he went from you know a big introduction to a real low mm. and then serious highs. Yeah, that, that low was... It was almost the last legacy of the early 90s newspaper approach to England coverage. And he got, the coverage he got was was sickening, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think any anybody who does something on a football pitch and finds an effigy of themselves being burnt outside a pub, I think it's fair to say the coverage has gone a little bit too far. <laughs> um, but he's, you know... <laughs> Roy the Rovers, when he had to give up playing, he lost a foot in a helicopter crash and his legacy were carried on by Rocky Race, his son. And David Beckham is Rocky Race. He has those comic book moments in his career. He has the, the, the terrible low. He has the massive high against Greece. He's won major, major honours domestically. But in that England shirt, I think the thing that, as uh, it's no secret to say, we are all England fans. And it's very rare that we have a player of quality who wants to wear the England shirt as much as Beckham did. And you never got the impression when he put it on, he was anything other than delighted to be there, no matter where, no matter who they were playing, no matter who he was playing with. Um, and that's that level of commitment for me is what 
took him out of the dark times. Never out of it, Dan. Even when uh, the Steve McLaren tenure seemed to put him permanently out in the cold, mm. he came back within a pretty short turnaround. And he just never gave up on playing for England. No, he was a, a character that could never be ignored and should never have been wasted. Um, and I think probably has been wasted by the Football Association post-playing career. Um, he never, it, crucially with Beckham, it always became about him, but he never made it about him. Mm. He always let his, even if not every time his performances, certainly his attitude towards England never became anything other than positive. Whether he was treated appallingly by the media post-98 World Cup, which he was, he didn't use that. You know, that could genuinely have been the end of an international career at that point. Yeah. But he, he'd used that as fuel for his improvement. Um, and that was eventually rewarded with the England captaincy. And it felt as if everything building towards it, that captaincy was about redemption for, for Beckham. And he even when he'd got that captaincy, there was no sense that that was, right, I finally got back to mm. an even keel, I can coast on him. Everything was a fuel for improvement, which is, in, in you know, the, the, the old saying, if you can treat the two imposters the same, he did exactly that. He dealt with fame, he dealt with fortune, and he dealt with the lows exactly the same and used it to improve himself, which is is phenomenal given the adoration and the, you know, the, the financial wealth he was being given at those times is seriously impressive mental strength to do that. What type of captain was he? I think he was a leader, for example. Um, he wasn't... He was a, it, the, the strange thing about Beckham is that he was a moments player in the, what we remember from England. You mentioned Greece. There was also the penalty against Argentina in 2002. There's a freak against Colombia. He was a moments player, but then he was also remarkably consistent. He received criticism towards the end of his England career, and occasionally rightly, but that was a player who was pretty knackered by the end of his England player. He'd been through a lot at club level, but he remained consistent. And importantly, as we said, always gave his all. We do, you know, there's a, there's a whole cliche around the phrase 110% and it's a bit of a joke now, but that was Beckham. It was, if you're going to give 100%, I'm going to try and go one further. And that wasn't just in his performances. That was in his preparation. That was mm. in his post-match. That was in his, his personal life. Everything was geared towards playing for England for a period of, basically 10 years which is draining on a player especially when he didn't it would have been understandable if he hadn't had that drive towards the end those moments made the Beckham legend I think but those of us who watched him were aware of all the rest of it mm. um, the two moments you mentioned there on the kind of upwards curve from the first Argentina game in 98 yeah why do you think it's the Greece goal that is the the pinnacle as opposed to the penalty you know against the same team in an actual World Cup finals game I think the Greece got part of the Greece goal is clearly the match situation England needed a hero Beckham should have been England's hero but it's actually very rare that those planets collide and the person you need to be the hero ends up being that hero that was certainly one reason the second reason is that it was a free kick and that is what Beckham practiced and practiced and practiced that was the pure example of his determination, his hard work and his his professionalism to improve and to improve under pressure, that was the the epitome of that. And because it's a free kick, that moment became Beck not even 
it was just Beckham versus the goalkeeper. It wasn't England versus Greece. It wasn't anything else that had gone before it. It was David Beckham stood on a training ground at Old Trafford, curling a ball into the into the top corner, five out of ten. Next time, six out of ten. Next week, seven out of ten. Next year, eight out of ten. And it was Beckham doing it. At that moment, it just became him against the ball. Not even actually against the goalkeeper because mm. at that stage in his career, if Beckham put the ball where he wanted to, no goalkeeper yeah. in the world was going to save it. Yeah. He's performance that day plays in as well doesn't it Dave yeah I, it, it's funny you said it wasn't it wasn't David Beckham versus Greece I, I remember that game so so well and David Beckham was the only player to emerge over 90 minutes with any shred of credibility we were absolutely wretched that day and I, I remember him at one point um, putting a cross in for Andy Cole who scuffed another shot wide and Beckham just turning round out of raw frustration and just fist pump screaming at the crowd because he was that player who wanted to set the baseline for everybody else. And when people weren't there at that level, he took that to heart. That's that's what being a captain, what being a leader led to him. But I think that particular Greece moment, it's it's the moment where practice meets opportunity, meets exposure. It's his Roy the Rovers moment. It's it's the, it, you talk. This is called portrait of an icon. An icon needs to have an iconic moment. That is Beckham's iconic moment that surpasses all others. Um, your profile in the book Dave, mm-hmm. of Beckham it has a focus for a part on how Beckham wasn't a natural genius footballer. Mm-hmm. That level of practice, that dedication, that made him the player he was, didn't it? There, there was no. Yeah, he obviously had a, a, a basic level of genuine natural ability. Yep. But world class natural ability, not really. No, and that and that is what made his reputation. Um, some get their some sort of sculpt their reputation, should we say, through natural ability, and some do it through realizing their potential and going beyond it and Beckham was very firmly in that second camp it was all about hard work you could see the cogs turning with David Beckham you could see the after- the mornings and afternoons on the training ground in his performances his crossing and free kicks are the sort of that's very much his forte and both were were honed through he's even said himself post 98 world cup an almost OCD tendency to try and perfect everything he did it as Dave said it hurt Beckham when he wasn't doing everything to the best of his ability. And for those of us watching, that can actually be more powerful than natural talent because natural talent can quite often feel ethereal or non-attainable, whereas with Beckham, it was inspiring mm. for, a, for a generation of children. And I think still to this day, he is inspiring simply because what he did is maybe not achievable, but how he improved himself is achievable, I think, to everyone. Dave, do we and, and maybe Beckham himself underrate the innate qualities he has as a footballer? Yeah, I, th- I think we've spent a few moments almost talking him down as a footballer here. I, I maintain I think he was exceptional. I think he was... Uh, the, the problem was that people who didn't like all the things that went along with David Beckham would tell you that David Beckham wasn't a very good footballer when he was... Uh, there's there's a moment that always stands out for me in a game we played at the Millennium Stadium against Wales, and the ball he the ball comes to him on the uh, on the wing and he flicks it up and hits a cross on the volley that is 
perfect. Joe Cole steams in, diving header and puts it wide. But the, the ball itself is just such a thing of beauty. And it's one of those things that there is a very small percentage of professional footballers that can do that that specific skill. And David Beckham throughout his career was in that percentage. And I think the problem with Beckham is that personality and ability get merged and people form opinions both sides of that scale depending how they feel about one or the other, the thing they're closest to. Um, but he was a wonderful footballer, an absolutely brilliant footballer, and I would argue comfortably top two or three English internationals we've ever had. And the other thing to say there is the very obvious response to any criticism of his playing ability is Manchester United, Real Madrid, AC Milan, <laughs> Paris Saint Germain, England captain. These weren't have people weren't people weren't sort of. They weren't looking after Beckham because he was inspiring necessarily. They were they wanted Beckham, especially Real Madrid, wanted him in his team because he was absolutely brilliant at yeah. what he did. And twice in his career, he was effectively kicked out of teams, once at Real Madrid, once with England, and played so well he could no longer be ignored mm. and forced his way back in. And that is ability, not personality, not selling shirts at the club shop. That is ability. When you throw in Natural ability and learned ability. Was was there anybody better in that Manchester United team? In terms of, I think the way I look at Beckham is a player both with him and after him. It's the combination of you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, who was incredibly naturally talented yeah. and incredibly hardworking, and you've got Gary Neville, who was. I think he would himself say... Limited. Limited, yeah. Of yeah. course he was limited. Had a role, but limited, but was pure hard work. I think Beckham sits between the two. I think clearly there was the ability there, mm. but it was ability that was honed. And it would have been quite easy for David Beckham to be a... My obvious example here, and it's selling Beckham far short, is look at David Bentley's England career. With a player who clearly had natural talent, mm. but didn't quite have the drive, didn't quite have the focus... It, David Beckham could easily have been that player. We could easily be not talking about him now, especially post-98. Yeah. So that mix of the two is is really endearing to supporters and managers, and it mm. makes you want to pick him. It makes you want him to be good for you. And I, I think the other, the, other, uh, the other name that's immediately, when you go back to the question, comes out is Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes has a level of natural ability that few footballers ever do. And... Scholes was a hard worker, Scholes prolonged his career by changing his game, etc. But they were just such a different... Be Beckham was a headliner. You know, Beckham was... He was as happy to be the global superstar. Mm. If David Beckham hadn't played for Manchester United, he would have played for the dog and duck. He would have played football because mm. he, lo he loved the game. And I think... I don't know, I think it's difficult to place him on a talent scale, but the one thing I can tell you, he is definitely not, is an average player. But there are people who will try and make that claim. Before he moved to Spain, did he ever have anybody as a better partner for him, for, for the skills that he had and for the end product that could come for those than, than Ruud van Nistelrooy? <sighs> No, no. And I think Ruud van Nistelrooy's utter disgust when Manchester United sold him. I think 
and and bought in this young kid from Portugal who didn't cross the ball instantly, who didn't put it on his head every time he made that run, who didn't look for that overlap constantly. I think tells you all you need to know. We're in danger in in not just in this country but generally across world football now of treating footballers as individuals. Mm-hmm. I think part of that comes from the celebrity culture that Beckham helped to found, and certainly with Messi and Ronaldo, they're seen as individual pillars rather than team players, even though they are to an extent both Beckham was always in a partnership it was never all about Beckham because what he did was facilitate others Van Nistelrooy exactly the same Ronaldo would say the same at Real Madrid there's that famous cross from deep mm-hmm. where Beckham just puts it on I mean without even going to hyperbole a sixpence for Ronaldo so no run even needs to be broke to meet the ball perfectly and that's a partnership that's not yeah. all Ronaldo that's not all Beckham mm. it's a partnership he was a partnership player it felt to me at the time like Van Nistelrooy's presence and ability to put the ball away seemed to take Beckham's overall game up a level like he was mm. he was of a certain level of class up until that point then that partnership started to be broken with Van Nistelrooy and suddenly he was lethal yeah he stepped up another level with Real Madrid, didn't he? That move, it could have gone very badly wrong. Yes. It felt like there was an element of risk in terms of his long-term career. Smooth as you like. It felt like he had given his critics an opportunity to doubt him again. Mm. It felt like an unnecessary move in that direction, actually. Although Beckham would say he wanted it, so it was necessary for him. But it felt like he was inviting critics just after he'd finally extinguished that last doubt hanging over him. He then invited it all over again and proved them wrong again, which is so Beckham that he had that weight of character and strength of personality to say, do you know what, I want to do this. And not only am I going to do it, I'm going to make you look stupid for doubting me doing it. Yeah. And you're right, he, he, he flourished in a Galactico. He was a Galactico, of course he was. But behind that Galactico's tag, there was some serious hard work being done. Yeah. And Beckham was, was the absolute epitome of that. Having won a few pots at Man United, <laughs> he, he went to Spain, did very well, had another great partnership with a striker. Did he change as a player, Dave, while he was there, do you think? Because certainly maturity came through, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, he flirted with sort of wanting to be played in central midfield and he moved that way for England. And the problem was he was, he was, he was hung by his own right foot. He was so good at getting that ball on the byline and putting it exactly where your striker wants. But also, I think, which is slightly underrated, is also being able to play that ball exactly where that deep line midfielder is going to run to. So you had people like your Skulls, etc., mm-hmm. profiting off his hard work. And I think when he went to Spain, there was, at that time, there was far too much player power. So if David Beckham says, I'd like to have a run in the middle, David Beckham gets a run in the middle. And I think he eventually came round to understanding that, no, where he does his best work is in a certain position. He can go and be a quarterback in America later in his career, but while he's got a Real Madrid shirt on, I'm going to do the thing I'm the very best at in the very best position at one of the world's most iconic football clubs. To me, the only the only thing that slightly undersells his Real Madrid career is, to me, David Beckham is a better player when he's inspiring others to be better players themselves. Van Nistelrooy is the obvious example. He turned him into an absolutely world-class mm. finisher through his service. At times at Real Madrid, with the players around him, it almost felt like it was underselling him because Ronaldo Zidane yeah. sometimes didn't need that. He still dragged Real Madrid through games, but it yeah. wasn't every week because he had that brilliance around him. That's the only thing that 
to me, I prefer his Manchester United career to his Real Madrid career. Yeah. And he, when he was at Real Madrid, when Capello left him out, made him train with the kids, and when he forced his way back in there, that Galactico era had gone. Capello was there specifically to break that down mm. and get it back to being about a team. Beckham overcame that, came back into the team, and at times dragged them to that title. They, he, he really, really did. He did... He converted his England career into his club career for half a season, mm -hmm. genuinely. Yeah, and half a season that was in the spotlight and in the news as well because, of course, by then we knew yeah. that he was going to America and now mm -hmm. we're in 2017, finally, finally able to mm -hmm. look back at it with a historical perspective. How does that distance treat that move now for you, Doug? I know why he did it because at that point he realised his potential for inspiring not just the next generation of English kids but for inspiring a country and for basically being MLS in one person effectively. Um, I don't look on the move particularly favourably but that's only because that's my personal view. I completely see how, how and why Beckham did it and there's no doubt he was successful in it. He wasn't there for six months. It didn't go nine months and then he yeah. tail between his legs and came home. He stuck it out and he was very successful there. The, the title that they won felt like a very Beckham title. Yeah. It had eluded him for longer than it should have done and certainly longer than was expected by mm. the people who brought him in. And yet it seemed that when he was finally slightly out of the spotlight, finally the expectation wasn't quite there. He was still there. He yeah. was still going and he still wanted that title and they eventually won it with him. Um, and that was the end of it. you know. And they, he'd had in, in the meantime, of course, um, some loan time with AC Milan and that for me Dave was a football move you know we've, mm. we have brand Beckham and we have shirt sales etc certainly a part of the Real Madrid decision way mm. back a loan at AC Milan was because they wanted that football player in their team yeah absolutely but I think you've got to look at it from Beckham's point of view as well I think he had he had offers that were worth far more money at the time to go to, to various clubs. Um, and he went to AC Milan himself for football reasons. And he went there and he was no passenger. He went there. They wanted to sign him permanently twice. They wanted to sign him permanently. And I look at sort of Beckham's career and you look at that path and you sort of say Manchester United, Real Madrid, LA Galaxy, who, let's be honest, they are, because of Beckham, perhaps the iconic American football club. Now, I would say, a MLS club, I would say, to be fair. Yes. Uh, AC Milan, PSG. He had the loan spell at Preston to start, which was fair enough, absolutely fair enough. Made his debut against Brighton and Hove Albion, <laughs> another iconic football club. <laughs> so, it, it's it's was, I think, the... the that stage of his career, going to Milan, it was almost perfect marriage. And I, I must admit... I would have loved him to have stayed at Milan. I yeah. would have loved him to them to have signed him for to have that probably three seasons at the end of the career at a club who encourage and nurture players at the end of their career and still continue to get big things from them. That would have just been glorious. But my favourite Beckham goal was scored at, at, the, at AC Milan. Yeah. So he was still producing mm. those moments. I think the thing to me about the Milan move is that the fact that he didn't make it permanent although you say it's a disappointment, says a lot for him because it was mm. all about, no, I've, I've gone to MLS and people are doubting me again. 
So I will make sure I win a title there because if he had signed full-time for AC Milan, we would be saying now, that LA Galaxy move was a bit odd, wasn't it? He, he mm. went too early. But the fact he went, no, 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 this is what I want to do, incredibly headstrong. Um, I mentioned Bram Beckham earlier, which we have to talk about. It, it came up in your profile in the book. I'm not that interested in it, generally, as a football supporter. What I'm interested in is whether you, Dan, feel that it detracted from, first, his career, and secondly, his reputation. I think his reputation is pretty subjective. As Dave said, he, he for a long period of his career, Beckham despite his brilliance and the things he did was divisive there's no doubt about that I don't think it detracted from his career in any way simply because of his personality David Beckham is a very considering his stardom is a very humble man he's a very down to earth guy he once said all I want to be known as is a footballer that tried his best and did everything he could and to an extent as a footballer that is exactly how he will be known there's no doubt that he had advisors that saw the potential in him as a commercial entity. But I think he, I think you have to flip side the question and say he deserves incre- incredible um, praise for managing to avoid that. Because there is every chance that we could have sat here, be sat here and talking about David Beckham, the celebrity. But that's still not what football fans want to talk about. You're no. right. You don't want to be talking about Brian Beckham. And the other thing he did with that reputation is he understood its relevance. He realised that post-career, he can walk into a room of nine, ten-year-old kids now who never even saw him play, and yet he will inspire them. You'll see them react mm. to him because he has a he has a force of personality that cannot be faked, that cannot be created by any PR agent or advisor. That is very innate within him. So I don't think it detracts from him. And actually now, as a you know, as a former player and as an ambassador for the English game, I think it helps because for footballer as celebrity is now a thing. There's no doubt about that. It was always going to happen and Beckham was one that, that pushed it. So looking back, I think we can say he was a trailblazer in that regard. That's a good place to leave it. Uh, I think we can all agree, the three of us, that David Beckham was one of a kind. His profile in the book is definitely worth reading as well. It's one of the, the sort of most interesting ones from from the perspective of Dan definitely having been there at the time and experienced it as a supporter. Um, so too are uh, Bobby Robson Ronaldo, which we've already spoken about, and the others to come. Thank you, Dan and Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Portrait of an Icon is available to buy now from ArtleyBooks.co.uk. The music is by Wave.